Hi, I'm Naomi Simpson. I'm really pleased to be bringing you Season 2 of Handpick, the podcast, where business owners ask me the questions. We've got a fabulous variety of great business owners with really tough questions that'll give you incredible insights. And remember, go back and check out Season 1 if you missed any of those episodes. Welcome to Handpicked, where today our guest is Donna. Now, Donna has a wonderful business. And I, first of all, Donna, welcome to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about your business. Well, thank you for having me, Naomi. Um, my business is a purpose-led fashion uh, brand. I'm designing and manufacturing terry toweling caftans and beautiful Italian woven handbags, um, that are really for resorts and where we've come to, how it's come about is my family is, um, we have a big philanthropy background um, and I was, I started this brand and really I was floating in the ether. I didn't know where I was going with it, how I was going to, how I was going to make it work, how I was going to give it a purpose. And so we took a CEO on board and we had a big look at where we were going and we decided that we would channel all our profits into ocean um, rehabilitation, ocean management, health of the ocean, especially since Australia is an island. We're very lucky to be surrounded by such beautiful oceans and seas and beaches. So I thought that I'd take my brand a little one step further and we are now... um, purpose-led in the fact that we are making caftans and all beach and summer resort wear that people can buy with a purpose. There's a purpose in the reason you're buying it. I felt extremely guilty that I was becoming part of a fashion industry that does that has not such a good impact on the environment. And with the husband who's a real eco-warrior, I thought I had to do my part. And this was something that I thought I can use fashion. I can leverage it against bringing awareness to the environment. And that's where we're at. So Donna Forbes is, um, uh, we're a small brand. We're just four people. We work bloody hard. <laughs> We've got a lot of work ahead of us in getting where we're going. But it's an exciting time for us. It's a big challenge. And of course, I've got a lot of questions that um, we're finding ourselves, we're getting stumped at points of how are we going to do this? Where are we going to go next? Yeah, and the product is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous at um, DonnaForbes.com. Now, what questions have you got for me? How can I support the growth of your enterprise? Okay, well, the first question we had was how should we look at marketing for Donna Forbes? What what marketing should we look at and how should we approach that? Now, that's the, the, the $64,000 question that we've all been looking at. So, um, look, there's many elements to building a marketing program And maybe if I just spell out the different sorts of things and make sure that you're ticking those off the box. So if you're doing a marketing plan, the first thing is, do people know about you? Are you building awareness? And what does your brand stand for mean? What is its brand essence? So that first thing is just, has anybody ever heard of you? And you can build brand awareness through association. Who do you hang out with? Who's wearing your product? Who's talking about your product? Um, Where is it retailed? So brand association and building brand awareness uh, is very important. Secondly is why would people choose your brand instead of another one, which we call 
preference. I would prefer to buy this. That might be your value proposition. It might be being purpose-led. It might be the availability. But um, they would prefer. And then the next part of the marketing cycle is about, but I would consider it. And that means that they know where you are. They know the relationship that they want to have with you and they would consider purchasing it if it was the right environment and your product was being hired to do a job that they had. And so we think about, well, what is going to shift people from consideration into purchase? But marketing never stops in just bringing people to you. It, it's an ongoing cycle and it's just as important to create advocacy, ambassadorship and really that you want your customers to be getting other customers for you. That's the most effective way to promote your business because Buying customers through media, doesn't matter what media, is expensive. So you want to understand that the lifetime value of that um, customer and they're going to keep coming back or bring others with them. So I, I think of advocacy. I think of using customers as advisors, of being on an advisory board, being um so that you've got an ongoing conversation and people will continue to talk about you to ultimately bring that awareness back again. The thing in marketing this century, as opposed to last century when I started being a marketing professional, the thing is, though, that people can come into any part of the cycle. It's not linear. So they might hear about you, but never actually buy from you. Or they might say, I need, a, I need a sustainable caftan right now to keep the sun off and I'll come straight in without ever having have heard, heard of you. So your activities have to, have to fall in all of those things and it's not uh, necessarily linear. Keep top of mind what relationship do you want people to have with your brand? How do you want them to feel? Because they can just transact with you easily online have no relationship with you at all. But how do you build a relationship? Because brands are built in the heart of customers. Anyway, that's my sh shortish version of uh, marketing uh, 101. Uh, <laughs> Good advice. Well said. well said. Okay, the second question I've got is, um, given we're a small batch business uh, with all profit going to ocean conservation, would you recommend that we focus on direct-to-consumer or um, the retail, because obviously retail is going to um, reduce the the, the uh, amount that goes in, back into the funding. Um, or if we do direct to consumer, there's that full profit goes to the fund. I'm just we're just not sure where we should go. That or if you should adopt both. So it's interesting because I see retail as really as showrooms. And um, with one of my Shark Tank businesses that I was work, work uh, that I work with, um, I made sure that every in every single uh, one of her packs is a how to buy directly and why they should buy directly. But often with a product, how do I know that your product is any better than another? product like your handbags look beautiful but I don't know I can't feel them so the other thing about if you get if you're stocked in one of the retailers it helps build the, the brand association well if that retailer 
chose it. Well, maybe that's going to be good to you. But there is a shift of how we think about retail. It's a, this is the first buy. Every follow-up buy needs to happen direct. And so we know that at Red Balloon, they might buy a Red Balloon voucher to go on a horse riding, but then ongoing business may happen direct. That's absolutely okay. That's the, We're a retailer. We're in that business and it's fine. So therefore, you have to think about, well, how do, if I'm going with retail, which is expensive because you're giving up margin, then how do I create connection that a customer will want to come back directly? And that is very important and very challenging. I do agree that people need to feel the products and that's, I'm a shopper. I, I understand that sometimes it can look all very pretty online, but actually feeling it and actually trying it on in a boutique is another experience altogether. Um, we're working with eight women that we've chosen to be our role models, I should say, for our brand, uh, marine biologists, women that are actually getting out there and doing things for the environment. We're, um, we're actually going to ask them to contribute to some of the styling of our next products, not so much in clothes but more in talismans and things that they would like to put a story to. Once we've done that first initial uptake of the women and their ideas, can I leverage them more in any way? Do you, think, do you see me using them further on down the track or how can I keep that um, connection with the women that we've used alive and so that doesn't get stale? Yeah, I look, I think it's absolutely wonderful to profile um, women working in what we call STEM, you know, science, technology um, and engineering manufacturing uh you know let's just keep the m is actually for maths not manufacturing but i just added that in as well but um so you know the more that we can profile the brilliant diversity of what uh women are doing um i think it's exciting and also the outcome like we're all worried about the reef um i'm really worried about sydney harbour like outside in Sydney Harbour, not far from where I am in Snails Bay, there's dumping going on. There's dumping um, and plastics being put in. And yet we know the work that has been done in Sydney Harbour um, to try and regenerate the uh, seagrasses so that the fish come back. And yet, you know, right here in the middle of the city, there's dumping. And I don't understand that. So I think maybe having some of your advocates really talk about the issues and then what people can do about them, what government to do, so that it is associated not just with your product, but the issues that they're solving, or have them find an issue and then be the real spokesperson for that issue and um, and other people will get behind it and in fact then you're creating a movement rather than an enterprise and social entrepreneurship is about creating movement it's about setting the purpose and aligning people to that purpose to make the world a better place and um we have we've spoken to a few ladies already and some of them are one in particular actually is focusing on sydney harbour and she had some very very interesting things to say about what's happening in sydney harbour at the moment and i think it's on our doorstep. We need to become aware of what's happening in our back gardens or on our front doorstep. So we need to to um, really be more proactive than that. And that's well. Hopefully, we can draw a bit more attention to that and educate a few more people. Well, I look forward. I look forward to hearing who she is because I'll show her exactly where this dumping is taking place, and it is a disgrace. The the um, ICC had these uh, stages, and they have literally just dumped them 
in the middle of the harbour and the plastics and everything are just deteriorating and it's just all going onto the seafloor. Um, and it is a disgrace that, you know, we've had the ICC for five years and they've got their rubbish still in sitting harbour and nobody's doing anything about it. So, you know, I just, I think it's a disgrace when people just are lazy and don't deal with their waste effectively. As an individual, you can't do that. So I don't know why the government can do it. My last question is, um, how can we turn conventional fashion retailing on its head with our ocean conservation proposition while still remaining luxury? Because we are a luxury brand. My products are in the the price point is more luxury-based price point. They're beautiful products. Um, but we don't want to look like we're just becoming a tourist pickup. We don't want to be going to resorts and people are like, oh, this is a memento of my holiday. This is something that I want people to buy, to wear, to love, to pass down, to really enjoy. How do you think we can do mix the two together? So customers are going to do, be and have whatever they want. It's not for us to determine. And it's really not. If you're selling online, then it's really for them. Your job is what you can control, which is the storytelling. You can control the story and the uh, role modelling. But if people are just buying it because it's they, they feel it's a tick and click, I did something for the environment, okay, they did. It's better than they're not because then, you know, you can't change the world if you haven't got the means. You've got to be making money and providing for the causes that you believe in because that's your premise. So, uh, you know, we cannot control customers. But, you know, there was that horrible thing where, Nike, for instance, their brand was uh, devastated through horrendous um, work practices and, you know, children in poverty wearing their brand. Well, they needed to sort out their systems and processes and ultimately making sure that their every element, slavery, every element of the supply chain. So be transparent on your supply chain. Be absolutely transparent and have it um, certified and ultimately then people will do whatever people are going to do that's that's the outcome no, we have been it. looking into all that we've paid particular attention and have all, all the way through to make sure that we knew who was supplying what where it was coming from that there was no nasties because the last thing we wanted was to be pointed out to going oh you, you're talking about this on one level and doing this but did you know that you know people making your handbags are actually being paid 10 cents a day and doing this so we have we've studied it all we've looked at it all unfortunately COVID's taken away the opportunity for me to actually go and visit a lot of our um, suppliers in person which I I had started to do but um, we, we are we're trying to we are we've been very transparent very open and honest about where we're going what we what we're doing why we're doing it and um, it's really I was at the stage where I was really starting to think what am I doing here it was and I was being I was feeling really downhearted I COVID hadn't helped obviously but it was marketing's not my forte um but I love fashion I love creating I love designing and so but being a a startup you really got to get yourself out there and push and find these answers so I was really lost then when I sent a message out to the universe. I said, I need help. And then our CEO came on with some beautiful answers to some of the questions that I was struggling with. And and interestingly, now things are starting to fall into place. I'm starting to feel a lot more confident about it. I'm starting to fall in love with it again, which I had I had fallen out of love with it. 
I'm really starting to feel very um, confident that Donna Forbes can really get out there and, and have a place in the world and feeling that we're doing something for the good of the world, doing something for the good of women and fashion is a really nice thing. So that's where I'm at. It's a long journey being in business and, you know, and it, it can be very lonely as well being a founder. So congratulations to you for finding a CEO who has a shared sense of purpose uh, because together with your team, you can change the world. Uh, and it's not easy. And people people think, oh, overnight's the test. I oh, know that's 20 years, you know, or eight years or and there go the years. But if you're going to change the world, it takes energy. But it's okay. Every day doesn't have to be a brilliant one. And it's, you know, some days are more challenging than others. And the question I ask myself at the end of the day is, one, did I move the game forward? So first of all, I need to know where I'm going, because otherwise, I don't know if I move the game forward. Secondly, if I didn't, what did I learn? Because it might have been an expensive lesson, but I needed to learn something. And then that I take that into the next day. So um, self-awareness is critically important as a founder and understanding that every day is not going to be brilliant and it's okay. It's really okay and you're not alone. But if you need support, there are support networks and I think that's really important. Well, Donna, we've had a fabulous conversation. You've only asked me the small questions, which is how do I market my business? Should I be in retail or not? Uh, how do I use my um, ambassadors best? Um, and then also, how do I keep picking myself up when some days it's just really tough? And it sounds like you've got um, people really in your corner, a fabulous product. And, you know, keep going, keep growing. And for anybody listening, do check out uh, DonnaFords.com. And if you like this podcast, review it, rate it and send it to someone else who might just need, oh, look, you've got ready to soar. That's fantastic. Um, who might just need a little, you know, jot in the arm and some support, love and attention because you're not alone when you're in business. So thank you. Thanks for coming on the show, Donna. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I've learned a lot. Always. Thank you, Naomi.